0: So we're moving on now to the continuing story of Satan and we're moving on to the point at which it becomes very clear that the story of Adam and Eve is being linked up with Satan such that Satan now is being understood to have been the serpent in the story in Genesis. In Genesis itself, there are no references to Satan. There are no references to an evil personified figure. There are no references to the devil. There are no references to a fallen angel, but nonetheless, this figure of the serpent in Genesis comes to be linked up intimately with the story of Satan. Now, there's a few issues I want to raise before we get into unpacking the book of Adam and Eve that are worth asking consistently when we go through the course, when we're encountering a different author expressing things about personified evil. The question, who is responsible for evil, has been a common one. If you ask that question, you find out something about what an author thinks that might be different than what another author thinks. When does evil enter is another key question. So when does evil enter in the timeline, let's put it that way. Take, for example, the Dead Sea Scrolls, the passage you read, the passage about the Prince of Darkness and the Prince of Light, and how humanity is either a son of light or a son of darkness. In the Dead Sea Scroll thing you read, when does evil enter? But in the Dead Sea Scrolls, God created the angel of light and angel of darkness. So personified evil, angel of darkness, is there from the very beginning of when God created it. That's when evil enters the timeline, the mythical timeline, let's call it. How about for First Enoch? When does evil enter into humanity? Fallen angels. So in the mythical timeline, that's just before the flood. Now we're seeing evil enter at a different time, or the emergence of Satan. So you could say in the Dead Sea Scrolls, the mindset of that particular passage of the Dead Sea Scrolls, evil personified emerges when God creates it at the beginning. In the Enoch, evil emerges when angels rebel against God just before the flood. In the Adam and Eve book that you guys read, Evil enters in the garden, just after God has created humanity. So it enters pretty early in the history of humanity, doesn't it? It's moving further and further back in time, you could say, although the Dead Sea Scrolls had it already at the very beginning. But in terms of the story of Satan, his story moves back further and further in time. Another question that we're going to be asking is this. The motivations for when there is an evil personified figure, what are that guy's motivations? And here in the Adam and Eve story that gets built up around the first century BCE or CE, lust and jealousy are primary motivations for why Satan is evil and for why he does what he does. And in a way, the book of Adam and Eve is an explanation for why Satan does what he does. Let me walk you through some of the life of Adam and Eve. This is a writing that comes from a collection the scholars usually label the pseudograph, which we've come across before. Both of the readings you had, so you had the left column, which was the Apocalypse of Moses. It has nothing to do with Moses, but it was labeled that later on. And in the right column you had the Vita, the life of Adam and Eve. Both of these writings seem to be preserving an earlier story about Adam and Eve and they preserve some of the same material and they match and you'll see that when they're side by side that there's some similar material and sometimes one of the authors decided oh I'm not going to include this part that I have in the story I have I'm going to include that part and then the other author includes different ones so it seems that there are a whole lot of other legends and stories about Adam and Eve that we don't have here and we do have hints of them in some other writings one of them he wants to mention that is indicated in other writings that may have been in the book that these guys were using was that Cain is the offspring of Eve and Satan. In other words, Satan in the story of Adam and Eve is using in a way the first Enoch story of the fallen angels where an angel mates with a human. Moves it a lot earlier and has the evil starting among humans quite early because it's the very first humans. And this is part of the deception and the, the lust that is sort of bubbling under in the story you have, even though it's not explicit. There's some Gnostic writing that explicitly say that Cain, who murdered Abel, is actually the offspring of Satan. So we're having a convergence of the story of the flood era with the earlier story of the humans in the mythical time. World. So there's the apocalypse of Moses and the life of Adam and Eve that you read. Both of them date from probably in the form we have them 300 or 400 CE, but they are both translations, one into Greek and another into Latin, of an earlier document that we do not possess. The Apocalypse of Moses is written in Greek, and the life of Adam and Eve is written in Latin, and it may be that they're both using the story of Adam and Eve expanded from Genesis that was written in Hebrew or Aramaic. There have been some studies of this material that suggest there are uh, Hebraisms in the way that the Greek and Latin is written. In other words, almost preserving the way you write Hebrew even though it's translated into another language. So although they're from 300 or 400 CE themselves, they reflect a document that may go back as early as the 1st century CE or the 1st century BCE. Let's look at the Apocalypse of Moses first. Some scholars suggest that this is sort of reflecting the earlier version of the life of Adam and Eve compared to the Veda. So the Apocalypse of Moses has the first story of Eve's deception by the enemy. The language the enemy is used consistently and sometimes some other language is used for the serpent uh, including devil in the Apocalypse of Moses. So we're already having the devil figure being identified with the serpent either identified with or at least in league with the serpent, it begins with the account of Adam and Eve. They've already been thrown out of paradise. The enemy is warring against them, as it's put. Uh, Adam is near death at the beginning of this narrative, isn't he? He's on his deathbed. It's sort of like a Last Testament idea that we have lots of writings that are like that from antiquity uh, where it's a famous figure's Last Testament He's just about to die, and his son, Seth, is with him. Remember that there's Cain, Abel, and Seth, the three well-known sons of Adam and Eve, and Cain is the one who kills Abel, and then Seth is uh, here, the third son. Um, And the question comes up, Dad is sitting there dying, and the question comes up, how did this happen? How did you get ill, Daddy? How come you're dying, daddy? Why is there sickness and pain, daddy? Is what Seth says to Adam. This is the whole setting in which all the whole story of Satan is told. Why is there physical evil? This is your best way of remembering it so that you understand how it relates to Satan. Daddy, Seth says to Adam, why is there physical evil? Why is there illness? Then we get the answer And then it's expanded fully. Chapter 7. Adam said to him, When God made us, me and your mother, through whom I am dying. Interpretation of the Genesis Adam and Eve story that blames Eve quite solidly, doesn't it? He gave us every plant in paradise, but concerning one he commanded us not to eat of it, for we would die by it. And the hour drew near for the angels who were guarding your mother to ascend and worship the Lord and the enemy gave to her, and she ate from the tree, since she knew that neither I nor the holy angels were near her. Then she gave also to me to eat. So here the explanation of physical evil, the sickness and death, is attributed to the Eve having eaten from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Then you have that whole oil of mercy story that is explained to you success Seth says, maybe I can find something that will help you, Dad. I'm going to go try and find the oil of mercy, which is the equivalent of the oil of the, from the tree of life, with the idea of it being an olive tree. And so he goes in search of the oil, and the idea is that if he can get this oil, Daddy will be healed, and the whole thing will be reversed. So on the way, he gets attacked by an evil beast. Later on, we get clear that the evil beast is also Satan. Chapter 10. And Seth and Eve went into the regions of paradise. As they were going, Eve saw her son and a wild beast attacking him. Oh, you evil beast, Eve cries out. Do you not fear to attack the image of God? We have here the evil beast, who isn't explicitly told to you as Satan, but we know later on, or the devil, is, is the devil later on. And he's angry at the image of God, isn't he? Then we get this expansion of what happened. That was sort of the short form of the story, answering, Seth, why Adam is sick. Your mom made me eat some fruit. Then we get it expanded by Eve herself, don't we? Look at chapters 15 and following, which is the more substantial section, 15 to 30, where it's her story of the deception by the serpent that is the enemy, and that is identified explicitly as Satan at times here. So this is the first expansive story that links the serpent in Genesis with Satan. Listen, all my children. So Eve's sort of lecturing to all her kids. Now that dad's gone, let me tell you what we need to learn from all this. Listen, all my children and my children's children, and I will tell you how our enemy deceived us. It happened while we were guarding paradise. Each his portion allotted from God. So Eve had a portion to take care of, and Adam had a portion to take care of is how it's going here. Now I was watching my share, the south and west, and the devil came into Adam's portion, where the male animals were, since God divided the animals among us, and all the males he gave to your father, and all the females to me, and each of us kept his own. And the devil spoke to the serpent. The devil, who later is identified with Satan, so we're getting those two terms used, goes and speaks to the serpent in Adam's territories. And the devil spoke to the serpent saying, rise and come to me and I will tell you something to your advantage. I'm going to tell you something that will help you out, snake. Then the serpent came to him and the devil said to him, I hear that you are wiser than all the beasts. So I came to observe you. I found you greater than all the beasts and they associate with you, but yet you are prostrate to the very least. Since you're so wise, uh, why do you have to be so close to the ground? Why do you eat of the weeds of Adam and not the fruit of paradise? So we're getting jealousy, very prominent here. Satan is trying to get the snake jealous. The serpent said to him, I fear lest the Lord be wrathful. The devil said to him, do not fear, only become my vessel. And I will speak a word through your mouth by which you will be able to deceive him. Then we have the next chapter there is sort of when it actually takes place, what what they've just set up there. But we clearly have jealousy as a motivation that Satan tries to breed jealousy in the snake. But it turns out later on we find out the reason that Satan is opposed, why he's the enemy of God and the enemy of Adam and Eve, is because he's jealous. Jealousy is the ongoing issue that creates evil in this particular story. Lust comes in later too. Look at chapter 17. And immediately he suspended himself from the walls of paradise about the time when the angels of God went up to worship. Then Satan came in the form of an angel and sang hymns to God as the angels. And I saw him, not sure if it's a snake or Satan, bending over the wall like an angel. I think it's a snake now. They're sort of blurring the the line between Satan and the snake. And that's exactly what, what you're supposed to get. And he said to me, are you Eve? And I said to him, remember Eve's explaining the story, I am. And he said to me, what are you doing in paradise? I replied, God placed us to guard it and eat from it. The devil answered me through the mouth of the serpent. You do well, but you do not eat of every plant. And I said to him, yes, we eat of every plant except only one, which is in the midst of the paradise, concerning which God commanded us not to eat of it, else you shall most surely die. So there it's actually quoting from Genesis. Then the serpent said to me, Eve, may God live, for I am grieved over you that you are like animals, for I do not want you to be ignorant, but rise, come and eat, and observe the glory of the tree. And I said to him, I fear lest God be angry with me, just as he told us. He said to me, fear not, for at the very time you eat, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God's, knowing good and evil." But since God knew this, Satan says, that you would be like him, he begrudged you and said, do not eat of it. Here it's coveting and and just jealousy over God's power and, and striving for God's power. Similar to the sort of thing we had in the kings of Tyre and the king of Egypt, claiming to be God and then falling. Wanting to be like God, being the main sin. And it's linked to jealousy, isn't it? But come to the plant and see its great glory. And I turned to the plant and saw its great glory. And I said to him, it is pleasing to consider with my eyes. Yet I was afraid to take of the fruit. And he said to me, come, I will give it to you. Follow me. This might be where Cain came along. We don't get it spelled out to us right here. And I opened the gate for him and he entered into paradise, passing through in front of me. After he had walked a little, he turned and said to me, I have changed my mind and I will not allow you to eat. He said these things, wishing in the end to entice and ruin me. And he said to me, swear to me that you are giving it also to your husband. And I said to him, I do not know by what sort of oath I should swear to you. However, that which I do know, I tell you by the throne of God, by the throne of the Lord and the cherubim, the sort of angelic sort of figures and the tree of life, I shall give it also to my husband to eat. So she swears, I swear, Satan. I will give it to my husband. Just let me have it now that you've enticed me to this point. Don't forbid me from getting it now that you've got me to this point. When he had received the oath from me, he went, climbed the tree, and sprinkled his evil poison. This is going to be the clear hint of the lust and the sexual innuendo that's been there all along. And sprinkled his evil poison on the fruit which he gave to me, which is his covetousness. The word that's translated covetousness here is epithumia in Greek, which is another word sometimes for sort of lustful desire. Coveting something, in this case coveting sexually or coveting, is it coveting knowledge or is it coveting sexually? Maybe both. In essence, this is the fallen angel mating with humans. Satan mating with Eve, as well as tempting her to eat the fruit of knowledge of good and evil. For epithumia, for covetousness, for lust, for desire, is the origin of every sin. And I bent the branch toward the earth, took the fruit, and ate. That's when she realizes she's naked, she makes some skirts out of the leaves and all that sort of thing. But that's sort of the expansion of deception number one. I've already emphasized jealousy and covetousness and lust as the motivation associated with Satan. The whole story that we've seen here is really putting the blame on Eve. If we're asking who's responsible for evil, well, in the first Enoch story of the fallen angels, the humans seem pretty duped, don't they? They're not so evil. They're sort of tricked. The angels are the evil ones that introduce evil into humanity. Here, though, there's more of an emphasis on Eve women being to blame, and that, obviously, if you know the history of how women are interpreted within some of these uh, contexts, You know, this is sort of the beginning point of it, and and it only gets worse. Let's go on to the second deception. So we have two main deceptions by Satan. And then with the second one, we get the expansion of why Satan's after humanity at all. So let's look at the Vita now. Yeah, the right column in your photocopy. Chapters 1 to 11. And let's look at first, before we get to Satan's whole... Dialogue where he explains why he's after humanity. So in the beginning of the Vida uh, of Adam and Eve, it's already again after the incident has happened, both in the Apocalypse of Moses and in the Vita. The narrative begins when the fall has already happened, when the Eve has already given the fruit to, to Adam. And in both cases, it's reflecting back on what has happened that tells us the story of the serpent being Satan and all that. In both cases it's like that, it's a flashback. So, in this case, we're at the point where Eve and Adam have already eaten the fruit and they're showing repentance. They're saying, whoa, this is a major mistake. We're trying to get back on God's good side. We need to repent. Uh, They've been driven out of paradise as a result of what has happened. They're hungry, they don't know what to eat anymore. You, You know, they were in the Garden of Eden But now, they don't know what to eat. And Eve is once again blamed right off the bat. Chapter 3, and Eve said to Adam, my Lord, would you kill me? Oh, that I would die. This is how she's feeling about what's happened. Then perhaps the Lord God will bring you again into paradise. Maybe you can go back. Just kill me. Mm -hmm. For it is because of me that the Lord God is angry with you. So this Vita has the same line as the Apocalypse of Moses that Eve is mainly to blame for the introduction of evil sure it's Satan doing things but Eve has really went along with it far more than she needed to so to speak and so she's repenting and in the midst of repenting what happens devil comes again and when the devil comes again what happens she gets high again they're really underlining Eve to blame for all of this in that respect sure Satan's to blame but Eve doesn't need to do this multiple times does she To be multiply, deceived by Satan. And that's what you have here in this narrative. So chapter 9, the second temptation of Eve by Satan. 18 days went by, then Satan was angry and transformed himself into the brightness of angels, and went away to the Trigris River, to Eve. That's where she's mourning, right? And found her, she's standing in the water as a way of repenting. Found her weeping. And the devil himself, as if to grieve with her, began to weep and said to her, Step out of the river and cry no more. Cease now from sadness and sighs. Why are you and your husband Adam disturbed? The Lord God has heard your sighs and accepted your repentance. And all we angels have entreated for you and interceded with the Lord. And he sent me to bring you up from the water and give you food which you had in paradise. God wants you back now. Now therefore, come out of the water and I will lead you to the place where well, shoot, she jumps out of the water and it's not. God hasn't said any of this stuff. The repentance is ineffective because she comes out. Look at uh, Adam here talking. Chapter 10. How have you again been seduced by our enemy, by whom we have been deprived of our dwelling in paradise? She cried out saying, woe to you, O devil. Why do you assault us for nothing? What have you to do with us? What have we done to you that you should pursue us with deceit? Why does your malice fall on us? Have we stolen your glory and made you to be without honor? Why do you treacherously and enviously pursue us, O enemy, all the way to death? So why does Satan bother humans Is being answered here? With Eve being the prototype of it all, right? Chapters 12 to 17 is where you get Satan saying, I'll tell you, Eve, exactly why. O Adam, all my enmity and envy and sorrow concern you, since because of you I am expelled and deprived of my glory. So the reason the angels fell from heaven in this narrative is different than the fall from heaven in First Enoch. The the fall from heaven is going down to humanity to mate with them. The fall from heaven here is God kicking the guys out for refusing to recognize the image of God. Why do you pursue us, it goes on to say, and the devil replied, Adam, what are you telling me? It is because of you that I have been thrown out of there. When you were created, I was cast out from the presence of God and was sent out from the fellowship of the angels. When God blew into you the breath of life and your countenance and likeness were made in the image of God, Michael, the archangel, brought you and made us worship you in the sight of God. And the Lord God said, behold, Adam, I have made you in our image and likeness. And then Satan says, I will not worship one inferior and subsequent to me. I am prior to him in creation. Before he was made, I was already made. He ought to worship me. Look at this next passage in chapter 15 that implicitly alludes to Isaiah 14. What will later become the Lucifer passage, right? And when they heard this, other angels were under me, refused to worship. So it's a whole lot of angels going with this angel who's refusing and they're going to be it's the fall of the angels now put quite a bit earlier in the (laughs) mythical timeline for this author. And uh, Michael asserted worship the image of God but if now you will not worship the Lord God will be wrathful with you and I, Satan, said if God be wrathful with me I will set my throne above the stars of heaven and will be like the most high. That phrase right there is almost quoting from passages where the kings are described in Isaiah and setting their throne above God uh, and and putting themselves up in that way. Isaiah 14, 13 is the one to look at uh, for that. So they get expelled out of heaven for this reason. So it's a different reason than what we had in First Enoch. Uh, There's this new story of Satan that goes back even earlier. It goes back earlier than the Garden of Eden. So not only has the story of Satan been put back further in the timeline, instead of it being just before the flood, fallen angels come down and introduce evil, it doesn't happen just at the flood, does it? It goes back to the story of Adam and Eve in the garden, that Satan introduced lust and covetousness to Adam and Eve, the first humans. But it goes even further back, we get with this one, isn't it? It's even before that that Satan's whole motivation for doing everything he does got established. It's just when Adam and Eve were created and when they were just brand new that this angel refused to worship and that other angels joined him and saying, no, we're not going to worship this new creation. We were there in the first place. We are superior to that image of God, Adam and Eve. Uh, and so you can see how it's getting pushed back in the timeline. The story of Satan's going further back in the mythical timeline.